Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be so when it hit that Out in the sides in the mean, mean time I'm just dreaming of tearing you That is hammered out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly for Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up and won. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia, and I am joined with... Johnny Maggs. Yeah, we are, uh, what is this, like the third week when we are quarantined in separate houses, I believe. Yeah. And trying to make it work from there. So, um, you know, just trying to make it work, trying to stay safe with all the craziness going on. But we are back. Um, and if you were able to see on our social media, whether it be our Twitter or Instagram at Halo underscore Haven, we are going to talk about the July 12th game. The first home game back after the, the tragic death of Tyler Skaggs, but also one of the best nights I've personally seen with my own eyes, um, the combined no-hitter. But before we get to that, we'll have a quick word from our sponsor, Simply Safe. Yeah, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in home security system it's award-winning protection two-time winner of the cnet editor's choice award simply safe blankets your whole home and safety you can get comprehensive protection for the entire home outdoor cameras and doorbell alert you to anyone approaching your home entry motion and glass break sensors guide guard the inside you barely notice it's there but what's truly remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. There's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and get your free shipping and 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash team. So, again, thank you for our sponsors. And so um, we were actually there. But the cool part was that we were actually there at the game that night. So, you know, as part of this whole kind of quarantine thing, that's one of the things we've been doing is watching older games. And obviously, at least for me, it was a point to watch – it when it came out because I don't think until very recently it was on it wasn't out there for people to to start watching. No, I wasn't. You know, um, I think MLB kind of released it right around the time that we were actually um, like on quarantine. Right, I think like they, to the YouTube. Yeah, 
hey, let's let's MLB.com send let's let's do this, you know? So Yeah, so like until you know, obviously it like I said, it happened in July, but from the point where it actually happened to, you know, like it's like a month ago, I have ne- I had not seen the um actual video, like, you know, broadcast of it and just you know, I thought it would be a cool thing to kind of look back at it, not only through the eyes of like if you're watching TV, but also just, you know, there's certain things like I'm sure I missed when I was there because, you, you know, you're kind of all wrapped in it. You're all kind of, you know, talking with people around you. There's stuff that you that I, I know I probably I missed that when you watch the game back through the to the TV version of it, you, you pick up on things here and there. And I think that was a, a really cool thing I enjoyed doing going back and watching uh, that game. Yeah, I think I think going back and watching something, you know, something that you've been at live, you know, it's cool being there. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't change it for the world. I would be there 100 times out of 100 because it was such a great moment. But there's so much you miss being there, you know, the insights, a uh, couple of plays maybe you might not have caught because, you know, we were so full. We were in the left field. You know, we didn't catch the, man, that was a tougher play than than, than it should have been. Or, man, that, man that, that could have been a base hit. We didn't really notice because we were intermingling with people and, and uh, stuff like that, but um, man, just watching it back the day that day the other day when I watched it, I, it was just really just. I'm glad that I was there, and now I'm glad that I was able to watch it back. Back, yeah, uh, and, and then so you know, let's take this from kind of chronological order. So, you know, obviously the, the death of Tyler was was huge for us, especially for us that we just kind of started that relationship with him through the podcast, through you know myself. You know, for the longest time, and I don't know when exactly it, it started, but Carly Skaggs, um, Tyler's wife, has followed Halo Haven for a, for a long time. And I remember one time we were doing the podcast, and we're do and we did the same thing we're doing now, which is like you know we go on uh, Instagram Live to do the podcast also, and then all of a sudden she popped up on there. And I, at the time, I didn't think anything of it; I didn't even notice it. And then once we got done, you kind of pointed out like, "Hey, did you see who was on uh, the?" the uh, live stream and I was like no she's like he's like Carly you, I think you or Chris said Carly Skaggs I'm like wow I didn't even know she followed us so anyways kind of like fast forwarding you know we started talking to, to Tyler before that spring training we met I met him at the spring training facility uh, that spring training you know I've always kind of talked to Carly here and there and then even you know to this point I still do it every once in a while but you know it was really unfortunate to see his death and, and how it happened and just you know building up a relationship that we've ha- we're having with him and it's just like it hits a little bit harder because you feel like you know him you know even though it was only maybe a handful of text messages we traded back and forth it still hit you know pretty hard no yeah like being there um being able to meet him or, or, or just talk to him and reach out to him and him say yeah man i'm i'm down to help you guys i'm down to be on a podcast was more than than anything we could have asked for and it showed a lot about what kind of character he was. Because so many times we reach out to guys and, and for, you know, we know, you know, they're busy. And so a lot of times we reach out to guys and we don't get, a, we don't get an answer back or we get a yes, but we don't really get any real definitive, you know, we don't get them on. But then Tyler was all about it. Tyler was 100% all about helping us out and joint, being on the show with us. He sat down for what, 25, 30 minutes on yeah. that, on that yeah, show yeah. that we did. Yeah. Answered all our questions. He was fun. He answered non-baseball questions. He answered basketball questions, and we—I felt like—and I—I'm I, pretty safe to say I can—I can, I can um, speak for you too, where we felt like we were really genuinely building a relationship with Tiger because we would reach out and he would 100% answer us back all the time. And and how often does that happen with with players? You know, they don't—they don't need to reach out 
and, and say hi back to us. Right. And, and for him to do what he did shows a lot about what he was. So yeah, when he passed, man, I, man, I, it, it hurt, man. I remember getting all those texts that morning from you guys and, and other friends and it almost seemed surreal. It didn't seem real. And, um, yeah, it did feel like we might've, we like, you know, we were losing a guy that was becoming a friend of ours. Yeah, definitely. So we, um, at least for myself, I was not planning to go to that game. I was planning, um, to be down in San Diego for the weekend with family and stuff like that to catch a Padres game actually. But then, Obviously, once everything happened, my schedule completely changed, and I made it a point to go to that Friday game. So going into the game, going into the day of the game, um, you know, I I was very interested to see if the family was going to be there because until about maybe I think an hour, hour and a half before the game, there was no word on whether the family was going to be there or, you know, if they were, they weren't. There was no one. There was no word one way or the other. So when I heard the family was going to be there, I, I, I was really I felt I, I thought it was awesome. I thought that was great. Like, it I made me want to get there even sooner to, to see all the um, pregame stuff. Because, you know, there would be pregame, you know, um, a remembrance and all that stuff. And, and, and you wanted to be there for it. And, and I remember being in the stadium once it started that whole process and, and, and hitting a little bit harder there, too, because you saw, the, you saw the, the, the players with all the 45 jerseys on. You saw his mom come out. He saw his... Um, wife come out, brother, and, and his whole family and stuff like come out and 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 have to kind of almost mourn in front of everybody, which was kind of hard to see. But um, you know that 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 pregame you know uh, remembrance was was really awesome to see the guys out there on both sides on 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 the foul lines and the the frame jersey of his and like I said, all the players wearing forty five was really awesome. Oh, man, there was a lot of onions being cut out there in the alpha where we were standing. Um, you know, I rode with Chris. Chris and I got there right, right when the the memorial before the game started, and, I, and we barely got in in time. We were literally it took us longer to get from the state college line into the stadium than it did from Riverside to Anaheim. It took us like thirty minutes to get in, and we, we barely made it. Like we got there right on time, and yeah, we caught everything and. Uh, when it got me and Chris, and I looked over at Chris, and Chris said the same thing, um, was seeing the 45 on everybody's back, and the last name, not just the 45, but it Skaggs 45 on everybody's back. And and when when they the mom came out and the brother and stepdad and, and Carly came out, it really, really tugged at, at your heart. You know, if you, if you have any kind of heart or soul, you're going to feel it, you know. And uh, me, you know, I, I, felt, I felt just, you know, his brother, I lost a brother as well, and I know how that feels, you know, so I could I could imagine it really tugged at my strings and uh man the, the the video that they played and man it was just I don't know how the Angels got through that game and did what they did. It was it was a, a looking back at it like you said like you, we talked about earlier watching it again, man, after us being there and feeling the emotions from that stadium. Can you imagine how much more emotion that the guys on the team felt? I I don't know how they I don't know how they did what they did, man. Yeah, and kind of, I mean, obviously you had um, Tyler's mom, uh, Debbie Skaggs, throw out that first pitch, and it was an absolute bullet, which was like kind of like one of those things where it was like, dang, you know, I mean, I guess hindsight being 2020, you kind of look back and be like, yeah, that was a that was a good sign of things to come for that night. But kind of like what you're mentioning, we, we got there the same at different times, you and Chris and then myself and my wife. So obviously we had no idea that this game was going to be what it was. So, you know, we watched, you know, the pregame and all that stuff. And then once 
the first three outs of the angels happen. Okay, now now let's go meet up. So now we go meet up somewhere, uh, the four of us. And then that first inning, again, and it's so cool to watch it back again because obviously we had no idea that first inning was going to be um, – uh, you know, I, we had no idea when that what that first inning was going to be when we were there, because otherwise I think we would have stayed in our seats and watched the whole first inning because there was no way we would have known what had happened. We were all like outside in the concourse getting some to eat, kind of just meeting up and stuff like that. And just, I mean, it started with Trout in the first inning hitting the two run Jack. I mean, that was just a huge home run to set the tempo, what felt like for the whole entire game. Yeah, I just remember us like, like you, you texting us and we text, we text me back. We're like, yeah, it's okay. Well, we're gonna get some food. We're hungry because I think me and Chris and I shot out straight from work. We didn't get any food, so and yeah, I think you guys were hungry too. So we're like, okay, we're gonna go on the, on the third base or first base side. But remember, we were, we also made all those tighter scan buttons, buttons, so we were hanging out for free. Yeah. And there was a lot of people hitting us up, so we were like, meet us over here because we're gonna. We're going to be getting food, so if you guys want to get it, we'll be here. So we met with a few people. We ended up talking with them for a while, and we missed pretty much that. We missed that whole first, first inning and all yeah. the yeah. run. So, but, yeah, I mean, that just set the tone for the whole night. Trouty going deep, and what? looking back, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, we didn't watch it, but he never swings at the first pitch, and he swung at the first pitch and just annihilated it. Right. And, the, and the funny part is, too, because, again, we're out there kind of talking, stuff like that. Fletcher gets on. You hear, you, you know, you can still hear, and obviously any fan that's been to Angel Stadium, you, you can always kind of hear the crack of the bat no matter where you're at. Maybe you're not able to see it, but you can always hear it. So, you know, you hear the crack, and you kind of find a TV. And, okay, cool. Fletcher let off with a double. Okay, cool, you know. And then we were still talking, and I was saying, you hear, I mean, the sound was echoing through the stadium, and then just the, the uh, pop from the crowd was unbelievable. And that just – sent all of us, we all went running to find the nearest TV and what happened. And then, like I said, the fact that if we would have known what a, what was going to happen, we, we would have sat in the seats and been like, hey, we'll meet up with you guys like in the third inning. This is, you know, these first two innings are going to be crazy. But, you know, Trout's home run and then kind of later on, um, I mean, the first inning, he went two for two with uh, a home run, a double, and four RBIs. Like, that's a great game for a person, let alone – um, in a single inning to start off a game that um, start off the game. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's, that's one hell of a way to start off a game. Especially like you said, with the emotion of everything going on and the emotion of um, being back home for the first time since, you know, obviously uh, uh, Tyler's death, but it, yeah, it was a crazy first inning. Yeah, man, it was just, it set the tempo for the night. Um, you, you almost felt, all right, they're going to win this game. But never in our wildest dreams that we were going to think what was right, going to happen yeah. next. So right. It was just one of those deals yeah. where like they had a great first inning, and I'm like, awesome, Trout went deep. He was very emotional after their first game back in Texas, so you could feel his emotion. You can tell he was he's an, he was being emotional over the whole situation. So for him to hit a home run, the best player on your team, the best player on the planet to hit a home run for his first you, – you can almost tell that he felt relieved when he rounded the base and you see him cross the plate. Like, he, you could – the genuine happiness on his face. He looked up to, to you know where the family was sitting, and uh, just, just like wow, it was just like a really point, it yeah. set up that whole night. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and part of that first inning for me was the fact that I, it kind of like you said you, you felt good that they got off to a fast start and it, and all that stuff, but you never thought the no hitter was coming. But I, I did, I do remember like looking over to my wife and said, okay, cool, that you know. They got that seven runs in the first inning. I'm like, cool. Now that you can play relaxed. Now 
they don't have to worry about pressing now. Okay, cool. Now, you know, that helps with the pitching because for that game, you know, they went with the opener, which was kind of surprising with, with, uh, and when I talked to, uh, Victor Rojas, you know, a little while ago, he mentioned it too. Is like coming off of a all-star break, you kind of figured you have your starters lined up where you don't need to go through that opening route, but they did. They used uh, Taylor Cole for two innings, and so you kind of figure like, cool, you know, they're 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 going to be under a lot less stress. They're going to be a, kind of free flowing and not have to worry about, oh man, it's you know, it's a two to zero game or you know, three to three to three in the eighth inning and trying to pull it out for the, for the victory. So you, I, I mean, I just felt like good, let them relax and play, play loose, play free and, and have fun out there. Cause you know, this is something that they do for fun and, and, and playing for a buddy, like, like they were saying they were going to, and they did, um, was it just an awesome sight to see? Yeah, yeah, and it, it looked like Taylor Cole too. In that, it looked like he could have gone another inning. Like he yeah. was really dealing in that. I mean, I had never, you know, Taylor Cole. Uh, he is what he is. He's a guy who's in a he's a middle reliever kind of guy. Can go long relief. Um, really hadn't shown us that what he can really do, but you knew that he he was a a guy who can get you innings and give you innings. And in that game, I was. Like, man, this, you know, looking back at it, and, I, and to be honest with you and everybody here, I didn't even notice that they had an opener at all it, until it got further in the game. And I think you told me that Taylor Cole started the game. I, I really didn't know. So watching it back, I realized, oh, man, looking back at it, he pitched really good. I felt like he could have gone another inning. And uh, but it just goes to show you that on that night, Something special was happening because Taylor Cole pitched a hell of a great two innings. Felt like he could have gone another inning, and again, just it was something that was setting up something bigger, man. It was it was something something nice was going to happen, man. What a, what a night! Yeah, again, so Taylor Cole goes two innings, strikes out two, gives up obviously nothing across the board, no walks, no runs, no um, no hits. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it did seem like he can probably go another inning, but you know, but with the way they kind of had it planned out. Afterwards, in the third, uh, Felix Pena gets in, and, and I mean, it had to be a great feeling going into the third inning, already having a nine to zero lead, and knowing, okay, if I give up three or four hits, not a big deal. If I give up three or four runs, not a big deal. So, you know, obviously, I've never pitched on that kind of level. I never pitched on any level, but the fact that knowing that you come in in, a, in the third inning of a game, knowing you're up, you know, nine nothing, has to feel good and has to put you know, those pitchers in, in a relaxed state that, you know, probably into the going into the game, they probably weren't because, you know, obviously you had the emotions of everything going on, but uh, that I think that huge start for the game uh, calmed everyone down and was allowed everyone to t- kind of just take a deep breath and, and, and really be like, okay, cool. Let's just go out there and play now. Well, yeah, you're 100% right, especially for the pitcher. I, I pitched at the college level. Um, so, I mean, not major league level, but, I pitched all through high school. I pitched at the college level. And anytime you had a run, for me, anytime I had a, a, a lead more than three or four runs, you did feel relaxed. You felt a lot more relaxed. But also, you can't take it for granted to this. Sometimes you can get over relaxed because it can feel like, you know, you, you're just going to groove things up there because you have a lead. But, you know, at the same time, that can play well for you because, you know, Felix Pena, Tater Cole, these guys aren't quote unquote lights out on the Ryan strikeout pitcher. So, uh, 
if you're able to pitch to contact and trust your defense, you're able to be a little more relaxed because you know what? Hey, um, I got a seven run lead. If I give up a home run, we're still up six, seven to one, you know. So you are able to relax and, and, and let it flow. And those seven runs, that big lead had had to do a lot. And I think I think too, um I, it might have they might have mentioned in the commentary, I'm not sure. I feel like I heard this, but I, I um even I think Victor one of the commentators said that they were, you know, Cole's looking great, he can go another inning, but the first inning was so long that Felix right. Payne was already kind of getting ready, so they had to bring him in for that third inning. So that has to do something with why maybe Cole pitched so great, he could have gone one more inning, but Felix was ready, and it showed because Felix obviously pitched a hell of a, a rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you kind of mentioned it. The first inning was super long, the bottom of the first. And then also, too, the, the bottom of the second was, was pretty long, too. You know, they scored a couple runs, but, you know, I'm looking at it. They had, like, eight, nine guys, you know, go to the plate that inning, and you had a pitching change in the middle of it. So it's like, you know, you don't want a guy to be sitting down too long. Because, you know, you don't know how that's going to affect him. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Taylor Cole did a great job. I mean, six up, six down. I guess that that's exactly what you needed. So moving forward, like I said, they scored seven in the first. They scored two in the second. Um, you know, and it, and it just seemed like at that point, okay, cool, now we can relax. I think that's kind of at the time where we started really kind of um, us as a group. You know, like I said before, me, my wife. Um, yourself, Chris, we started kind of walking around the stadium a little bit more and meeting up with people and passing out those um, Skaggs pins and kind of just, um, you know, the cool part too, what I remember about the, I know we're talk, trying to talk about the, the broadcast stuff, but I remember what, about the game itself when we were there, we talked to a lot of fans and a lot of fans had great, you know, inner, inner um, reactions with, with Tyler, like whether it be, you know, oh, he threw me a, a ball or, oh, he, you know, he talked to my kid for a little bit after a game or stuff like that. Like there was a lot of people that had those kind of stories that were coming up to us and like we're sharing them, which was really, really cool. And so, you know, as Angel fans, you know, it, it, we were able to kind of just relax and go get a beer, go get something to eat, do that. And it was, you know, nine nothing, but nothing could, com- you know, prepare us for what uh, ended up happening that night. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, so I'm the kind of guy, and I think you're the same way. Chris is the complete opposite from both of us. Uh, I get to a game, I'm going to sit there and watch the whole game. Yeah. Um, if I don't have to get up, I won't. Like, if my wife will go, so I'll go get it. Okay, fine. Like, I'm not above <laughs> letting her go get my food. So I will sit there and watch the whole game and not move. You can say I'm boring. I'm the guy that keeps score. I'm, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm not the loud, rambunctious, let's go, Angels guy. I do clap when the team does something good. You know, I you know I stand up and cheer. But for the most part, I'm boring. I'm watching the whole game. But nine nothing lead. Um, meeting the fans, like you know, we were, like you said, we were handing out those buttons that we made for Tiger Skag. We're handing them out to people. So it was it was it was one of those feelings where man, we should be out and about and handing these buttons out because so many people were were affected in a positive way by Tiger. Like. Like you said, a lot of people were telling us, oh, he did this, he did that. And we, we have similar stories with him. We we met him. We talked to him. He was on our podcast. Like, let's share in the life of Tyre Stack. So for me, anyways, I felt really good with being able to walk around that day. Because I didn't, in my in my wildest dreams, being at the game, think that we would see what we were going to see. So it was real easy for us to kind of walk around and meet people and talk to people and watch the game at the same time. But as as you can attest, we were all in the same spot. Once we got to that spot in left field, we didn't move. Yeah. And 
not that we knew what was happening, but I can honestly say for myself, I felt something, I felt a, and I'm not, I'll be 100% honest, I felt a very happy peacefulness about being there, more than usual. I don't know about you, but at that moment, I didn't think of anything either, though. I wasn't thinking that we were pitching a no-hitter yet. I think we were probably in the fifth, fourth, fifth inning. It wasn't even in my frame of mind yet that, that what's going to happen is going to happen, but I felt a very calm happiness to myself. Yeah, and it was pretty cool, like you said, when we were right below the the jumbotron in, in left field, you know, part of the reason why, you know, I know I didn't move for really anything is that we met up with some fans, uh, not fans, but friends of ours that we hadn't seen in a long time, and we just kind of all just kind of chilled there and relaxed, and, you know, and it felt right being there with, with friends and stuff like that, and 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 I think uh, maybe the seventh inning is when I kind of nudged my wife and was like, kind of did the whole like eyebrow thing to the scoreboard. Like I didn't say anything, but I was like, hey, hey, hey. And she's like, what? And I was like, what? I don't get it. And I just like, mm, mm. and then she's like, oh, and so I was like, yeah. And so like we stayed there. I mean, and, and, and if it wasn't for a walk in the fifth by Pena, that's a perfect game. I mean, that's like, that is literally the only blemish on it. But again, in the fifth inning, you're not even thinking of it then. Cause it's still fairly new. So, um, yeah, but I remember the seventh inning, definitely in the eighth inning, I was just like, what are we watching? What is going on? Yeah. And, and it was probably the sixth inning and Chris goes, let's go to the team store. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sign up. Yeah. We'll go to the team store. And I think, I don't know, we were watching, and then the seventh came around. And I turned around and looked at the scoreboard. It was the seventh. I remember it vividly. I looked up at the scoreboard, and I went, oh, crap. There's no hits on the board. And I told Chris, hey, man, something special is happening. He's like, what? Look at the scoreboard. He's like, well, oh, 10 runs. We're, we're going to get three wings or something? <laughs> yeah. No, no, dude. I didn't want to say it. So I was like, I was like look. Look at the scoreboard, bro. I'm like, something special is happening. He goes, oh, wow. Yeah, we're not moving. We're staying here. Like, we didn't end up going to the team store for that reason. It just happened to be, like, whoa. Like, it happened. It felt like it was forever, but it felt like it happened so fast, too. Because the next thing you know, there's no hits in the seventh inning. That's yeah. when we knew we ain't moving. We're staying right where we are, dude. Yeah, I mean, and then, too, kind of like in any – I guess any no hitter, any kind of um, uh, anything like that, perfect game, no hitter, stuff like that. There's always one or two defensive plays where you kind of it's kind of wow, that's a great play. Like maybe normally it doesn't happen that way, but you know, um, you had a ground ball to uh, uh, Matt Dice at third, who doesn't. Uh, that doesn't you play third base until before the season, you know, and he makes a great, um, I believe diving, not diving, but like a stab to his, to his left towards shortstop and comes up with it and makes a great throw to first where, you know, it, for a guy like that, that's far from routine. That's far from the norm, but he had a great play on that ball. And, and, and that definitely, you know, kept the no hitter intact, but you know, stuff like that where it was just like, oh, this guy, I can't expect this guy to make that play. Oh, wow, he made that play. You know, he's he's out of position. Oh, wow, he made that play. So, like, there was always plays like that throughout the night where it was just like, wow, okay, yeah, the breaks are going their way. And then, you know, with stuff like that, whether it's a no-hitter, perfect game, walk-off, like, 
at some point, like you do need some kind of good fortune to go your way. And it just felt like they were getting those bounces. They were getting those, you know, um, good looks at certain things. And, you know, maybe a call strike three was kind of on the borderline that you're not sure about, but they were getting those that night. And it was just like, all felt like it was kind of snowballing into something. Yeah. Every no hitter, you seem to have that one play that saved it. And, you know, I've been very lucky, dude. I've been to three no hitters in my life. Like that's wild. I was at the Mark Langston Mike Wade combined no hitter in 1990. I was like 10 years old or nine. I was there. I remember it vividly because Mark Langston was my favorite pitcher ever. And then I was at Jared Weaver's no hitter. And in Jared Weaver's no hitter, Mark Trumbo, who I picked as my third baseman in my 2010s, <laughs> um, who played like a total of 11 games at third base, Such made a, a diving play in like the fifth inning to save no hitter. I mean, at that point, you didn't think it was going to pitch a no hitter, but he made a great play at third base. Mark Trumbo, you know, uh, so. Why would it be any different, right? Freaking yeah. Matt Dice, you know, they moved him over to third base out here, played a handful of games, makes a great play. Who would have known at that point in time that, that play that he made was going to be pretty much saving the no-hitter? So, um, yeah, and every every no-hitter I've been to, the three I've been to, something happened. I, I think even in the Mike Witt one, I think there was a diving play in the outfield, you know, but you have to have those special things going for you that day. And just the fact that it was a day – where they came back and honored tighter scans made it home much, just that much more better, dude. And then obviously it led to this final out of the ball game. And this is ground ball to second base. Rent Heifel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. And that is courtesy of Fox Sports West. And of course, that is Victor Rojas, past guest of the All Angels podcast on that call. So that final out happens. The whole place is going crazy. We're going crazy. We're high-fiving and, and, and non-social distancing as much as we could with people around us. Um, it was an absolute crazy time. And it was like one of those things where, wow, that was great. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I can't, and I, I don't remember how long it was, but it, it had to be no more than like three or four minutes after that final out when you start seeing guys putting the jerseys on the mound um, as a team. And then when that happened, you can tell everyone's attention in the stadium went from, Hey, let me high five the guy next to me, or Hey, let me high five the woman next to me or stuff like that to everyone's undivided attention going to the mound. And to me, that was crazy. And, uh, you know, that kind of was the cherry on top for that night. Also, I just felt like no one wanted to leave, dude. Like oh, yeah. no one wanted to leave. And, and yeah, it went from, mass hysteria and happiness to a moment of reflection like what are they going to do next and they didn't disappoint you know just to see them laying out those jerseys and seeing just the emote you could feel like and i know people are like i'm not even like i don't know if you guys if you guys have ever been to a, a, a game of ma- this magnitude and i've been to a world series games i've been to playoff games so it's a different feeling and you had that feeling there that night but it was much more than that because, you know, we're all holding back emotions, like no doubt. If you have any heart or any soul, there's no way that you could not have felt something. Even if you're even if you're not a crier and you don't cry, you're you had to have felt that heaviness, that emotional, wow, this is a great thing that just happened. And what makes it crazier is 
after the fact that everything, all these numbers that popped up, I think we had a question on, on, on our, on our thing, but we'll get it towards yeah. the end, but yeah, but all that, all that mixed with what just happened. Wow, dude, just, I really, this was probably the, probably the, other than game six of the world series, it's probably the best game I ever been to really was it tops a Weaver one. It tops all the other stuff that I've been to. I've been lucky enough to be at some really good games, some really great milestone games. I've been really lucky. But this one, I think, other than game six, me being there in person, this one's got to be up there. With it. It's got it. It's it's, a, it's like 1A and 1B. Yeah, and I wasn't – I didn't go to the, any of the World Series games. Just you know, I wasn't old enough. My parents weren't really big baseball people. But for me, I can definitely say that was the most memorable game I've been to. Like I watched the Jared Weaver's no-hitter. I saw it on TV, but I – I I wasn't there. I wasn't able to, yeah, I was, you know, excited for it and understood what was going on, but I, you know, there was no one next to me watching it with me. And that situation after the, the combined no hitter, you know, you just felt like you knew everyone there, you know, like even though they might've been just standing next to you for the past hour, you maybe not said anything to them, but you always, but once that final out happened, you felt like you knew them. You were been talking to them to the whole, um, the whole game. So it was, it was really, really cool. And then, Kind of like what I mentioned with um, a little bit earlier, I did was able to talk to Victor Rojas, the voice of the Angels, earlier in the off season before all the craziness happened. And one of the questions I did ask him was, um, you know, take me through the 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 feelings of the game and everything like that. And 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 this is what this is what he had to say. I don't know that I can really encapsulate my my entire range of motions from that evening, but uh, you know. Uh, you got to give it some context in that, you know, Tyler had passed uh, when we were on the road, the first day of a road trip uh, in Texas. So, you know, the team had to deal with three days in Arlington, uh, one game not being played, four days in Arlington, pardon me, with one game not being played, then on to Houston for three days, and then a four-day all-star break before coming back. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the one thing that, uh, stood out to me, even though we knew what the plans were from the ball club's perspective, uh, as far as honoring Tyler and his family that, that evening was, uh, I was a little surprised when I saw who we were starting, uh, a starter in Felix Pena, uh, um, pardon me, Taylor Cole followed up by Felix Pena. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was odd because if after a four day all-star break, you would think that you would have a, you know, a regular starter, go and start the second half of the year. Um, so that's the one thing that caught my attention early on. But once we got to the ballpark and uh, from a production standpoint, uh, the basis of our entire game really was just honoring the memory of Tyler. Um, I know that Gooby and I, during that road trip in Texas, in both Arlington and in Houston, you know, we didn't even care about the game. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's just like your heart, is so heavy and it's, it's, it's difficult to get excited um, because you feel like it's forced. And it was um, because of everything that had just occurred uh, just days before. And so after four days off and, and kind of clearing the, the mind a little bit, we were able to kind of focus back on <clears throat> doing our jobs as, as we normally did. Um, but we also knew that we were going to have to focus in on, on the stories that we were going to tell about Tyler and, and, and the like, and, the guests that we were going to have and the things that were going to happen pregame and so on and so forth. And it really 
to be perfectly honest with you, it, it, it really was almost, uh, almost like a service in that all we did, I, I felt anyway, was, was really just honor his memory and talk a bit about him as a pitcher, as a player, as a person uh, throughout the game. And the game was absolutely secondary. I mean, it was, it, it really didn't dawn on us until I think it was about the sixth inning when we were finally done or we felt like we were done putting in all the things that we had, uh, the guys in the truck had put together um, as far as tributes and the like that, uh, you know, kind of started focusing back in on the game at that point. And it, I think it was the seventh inning we were at a break and I look at Goofy. I'm like, man, are they, are they really going to do this? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is insane. And, um, and uh, yeah, obviously the, the rest is history with the, uh, the ground ball and Hefo and, and all of a sudden the, the guys are on the field and then they're taking off their jerseys. Uh, I, I don't even know. I, I haven't even gone back to watch it. Like I've seen the highlights of, you know, the, the throw to first base and then Felix jumping up and then, and then, you know, there's, there's all the different cuts. And then there's obviously the one on the mound with the jerseys. Yeah. I know after I said the no hitter statement at the end, I didn't say a word until I believe I made reference to the guys putting the jerseys on the mound. I have no idea how much time that was. Um, it felt like an eternity. Um, I know that we were just, uh, we were just stunned. We just didn't know. I mean, uh, you know, all those guys wearing the 45 jerseys, the team was kind enough to, to, uh, to include us in that. Gooby and I had our jerseys on the entire game. Um, I think I've picture my wife was in the booth and she took a picture of us uh while the guys were on the mound i think i'm sitting down looking out um and uh you know i've got the the skags 45 jersey on it's still hanging in my closet and it just i don't know it's just uh, the most surreal unbelievable thing i've ever ever witnessed in my life and then you know, slowly but surely, you've got the the trickling out of all the all the numbers, right? And how all the numbers yeah. corresponded to a birthday and uh, the <laughs> year he was born, and all. I mean, just that was an Crazy. absolute trip. That uh, when when those things came out. And again, that's Victor Rojas from an interview, uh, previous interview we had earlier in the off season, but like. He mentioned it in the interview and kind of what we talked about a little while ago. Some of the numbers that end up coming up, coming out afterwards, and it all started with the Trout home run, the first inning, going 454 feet. You know, obviously Tyler's number front and back. But not only that, um, it was the first combined no-hitter in the state of California since July 13th, 1991, which is Tyler's birthday. And I mean um, – you know, there's some other ones. That's the 11th no-hitter in Angels history. Skaggs wore 11 as a high school player. Um, seven runs in the first, 13 hits overall. 7-13, that's Tyler's birthday. So um, stuff like that was absolutely crazy that all that stuff started coming out the night of and even like the day after. Wild, wild stuff. Like how do you explain that? You can't. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and go – of course, like, of course that would happen, you know, even with like, and in the past when people like, there's, there's so many stories of people like this. I think Michael Lorenzen of the Reds, a pitcher, his father died. His father was his best friend. His father was the guy that coached him. Um, first game back, 
changes his walk up song to the Who because his dad was a big Who fan. Goes up to the plate because he never bats. He's a reliever. First swing, home run, wild. Uh, D Gordon after uh, Fernandez died. Same thing. D Gordon never hits home runs. He hits a home run. Yep. So Tyler Skaggs, all this stuff that came out after all these numbers and his birthday, his number backwards. The no hitter, like Mm -hmm. amazing. Like there's nothing you can say about all that that happened without saying wow. Without saying, even if you don't believe in a higher power, how do you explain this? How can you not think something more than just what happened on the field happened that night? Like Tyler was his presence had to have been there. It's just I I I don't know how they. Me being a fan at that game, I still I'm still wild and floored by it. Imagine how the guys who actually were teammates in his, and played in that game how they felt. It's it's just wild, dude. Yeah, it was just it was a crazy circumstance. Some stuff that. Kind of like we said at the beginning, we never expected, expected to see anything like it. But I was telling my wife on the way home, I mean, you talk about an emotional roller coaster. You know, you're you're mourning, you're sad, you're, you know, at the very beginning of the game. And then the game happens, you get all this excitement going on. Um, the big first inning, the second inning where they get a couple runs. Then you realize that there's a no-hitter going on. And then the, obviously the, the pop in that where it's like, oh, my God, we just saw something that's really rare. And then the end part of it where you're seeing all these guys remember their fallen teammate by putting the jerseys on the mound and giving each other hugs. And you can see some of them guys breaking down and stuff like that. So, you know, going from up, you know, from down to up to down again, it was just, it was a crazy night. Uh, You know, when we made the plan to go and just see the game, regardless of what our original plans were that night, um, the last thing I thought was, you know, that that the no hitter was going to happen. I was just hoping for, you know, obviously the angels were struggling a little bit going into that game coming out of Houston and Texas. So I was hoping for a competitive game. I wasn't expecting them to do what they did. I was just hoping like, Hey, make it competitive, make it a good game to kind of honor, you know, uh, a Skaggs name. And, and they just, um, by far surpassed all of that. Yeah. I just, again, like from the get go though, it was something like seven, those seven runs in the first inning home run by Mike Trout, Comes up again, gets another RBI in that same two RBIs in that same inning. Uh, they batted around, uh, man. Just again, you don't go into it thinking you're going to see anything special. I think I was in the same boat with you, where it's like be competitive, win the game, but combine no hitter, uh, just amazing. And even that last out, dude. Remember, I think I think I said it. I don't know if it was to you or to Chris, but I go. Dude, he's got to face two speed demons in in, in, in the, next, the next two outs. And there was a couple plays where, I don't know, man, like the he fell out and he dropped in and picked it up. But one of those ones was like a, it was like a squibber, right? Yep. Like so the second to, out or something. To the, uh, to the pitcher, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 just, and like you said, um, and kind of a weird coincidence, D Gordon, you mentioned him with the Jose Fernandez thing, he was also on the Mariners and he got that second out. A little ground out from the, to the pitcher, and obviously, and then like you said, the final out uh, that we heard was went from Hefo, and he had a little bit of trouble at the beginning. And you know, at that point, you're like, uh, you're hoping that um, that he can make, he can, he can, because he, he just came in, I, I believe, because they moved Fletcher from second where he was playing the whole game to third, took Dice out and put Ren Hefo in um, for the defensive part of it, and you're just like, oh. 
Of course, as soon as the new guy gets in, the ball somehow finds him every time. But luckily this time he was able to uh, keep his composure because, like you said, uh, Malik Smith was was is fast. He's a fast dude, and if you rush it, you can overthrow it. You can, you know, obviously it probably wouldn't have cost him the game, but uh, it wouldn't have definitely been a uh, well. I guess if it was an error, it would have been a, still been a no hitter. But just it was good just to kind of get it done and and make that great play. And what and what I didn't see, obviously, because we were there, was that first batter smashed it. And if you look at uh, Pena's reaction after he hit it, he, he thought, thought he, he got a home run. Yep. He thought he got a home run. And then he heard the crowd, and he turned around. He's like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah. You know. So that that wasn't the easiest third one, two, three, third last inning. Yeah, it really wasn't. Even though he got them down in order, and even with the Renjifo bobble, people were like, "Oh, well, they would have called it ever." Who knows? Because if he makes the attempt. To throw it and the guy like legs it out, he could have gotten him hit. He could have given him a hit. You just never. You don't want to chance it that way. So it all just worked out, man. And the emotion, just man. Every time I think about this game, it's right up there with with you know me being at Game Six of the World Series. It was just a really emotional game, and man, I'm just really glad to be to have been there and been, been a part of it somehow. You know. Yeah, and so we we got a couple emails and a couple questions on our Instagram live. So if you're on there right now, go to start thinking of questions we're going to answer them in a second but before we do that um we're going to talk about our second sponsor and that is linkedin linkedin the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come so when you need to find that next person to help grow your business linkedin jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast linkedin has LinkedIn over, has over 675 million members worldwide LinkedIn job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can get hired so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, uh, objectability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business qual- uh, requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes your job posts. It's seen by people you want to hire people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn jobs, the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want for the for the first fifty for the first fifty dollars off. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash team. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash team to get fifty dollars off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. So again, we'll be right back after this and we will be answering your questions. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. We are the punks, we are the punks, we are the winner, winner, winner. 
This is Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Um, again, we want to thank LinkedIn Jobs and uh, Simply Safe for our sponsorship and, and help uh, us continue this podcast. Um, uh, do it even in the off season, even when there's no baseball, we're still here doing it. So a um, couple of emails I'm going to run through real quick. Um, first one is from Lamar Washington. Again, a loyal uh, emailer. Yo, fellas, what's good? Man, that combined no hitter had to be the highest, had to be the highlight of the season. It couldn't have been easy for the Angels to play that game. Really was a special night. Next one from uh, Duncan Healy. What a moment. Everything that happened, how it happened, the number such coincidences, only baseball. Magical. And then our last yeah. and, and then our last one from Lauren Codd. Uh, hey there, guys. We caught up on the last few shows here at home. Good stuff. All the combined. She says, aw, with a lot of Ws. The, the combined no-hitter, such a great night considering – uh, considering special moment indeed. So again, thank you for our uh, emailers. Uh, you know, we asked for comments, questions, but obviously the comments in, in this situation was, um, you know, uh, good to hear. Yeah, man. I mean, just you know, knowing that you know we're not the only ones that felt the way we felt, and 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 man, like just the the. The camaraderie I felt with everybody there, like, you know, obviously with you guys, we're friends. So we, we, we have the camaraderie there. But with everyone else that we don't know, just high fiving everybody and, and really living in that moment, I think, was the perfect memorial and the best way to keep Tyler Skaggs memory alive and to remember Tyler Skaggs for who he was. Um, for us being to everyone just being so united. I remember you know, obviously we came in different cars. I rode with Chris, and when Chris and I, we parked up towards the front, or no, we walked up towards the front because we wanted to, I think Chris had a banner he wanted to put down in the memorial that they put in front of the stadium. But we walked out there, and everyone was high-fiving each other, and we were handing out buttons. And I remember handing out the Tyler Skaggs button to somebody, and, and Chris as well. And people were hugging us, saying, thank you, thank you, you know, because we we felt the death of Tyler Skaggs, like we lost a friend, and we weren't the only ones Everyone that was there was so united, man. It, it was just really a beautiful thing, really. More than baseball, it was beautiful, man. And just, like I said, I felt like I didn't even want to go home, dude. I yeah. really didn't. So we got our questions here on our Instagram live feed again. That's Halo underscore Haven on our Instagram. And it's on our Twitter. Um, so first one, kind of going with this, and, and there's some questions outside of baseball. And we'll get to those in a second, I promise. And if you have questions, um throw them in the little question area they have here on Instagram. But the first one, um, favorite memory from the past decade. I'll take Weaver's no hitter, his, Oh my God reaction. Yeah, that was a great reaction. But I mean, like I said, if I'm going to pick one that I've personally been to, it's definitely going to be the Tyler, uh, Skaggs, no hitter. The one that we were talking about, um, the day, the first home game back since everything happened. I think that's definitely a, um, one a for me for sure. Yeah, for me, I mean, I was at Weaver's no-hitter too, but there's no way that one's more memorable than the Tyler Skaggs one, considering everything that happened. Considering, honestly, and I don't, I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but Tater Cole, an opener, Felix Pena, did you expect yeah, a no Yeah, there's no way you could have thought that was going to happen. No, and then and then for the, like and like we said, the numbers that happened after, it's like the home run that hit 454 feet, his birthday, all that stuff. Yeah. 
how can it not be the most memorable moment of, of, of that decade from 2010 to 2019? Like, yeah, it's got to be this game. You know, uh, Weavers was it was special. It was nice, but it was a, a it was a, a no hitter, which is always special, which is always memorable. But this one just seemed much more memorable. So next question again, kind of going now to the overall baseball um, aspect of it now. Um, this one, when do you guys think the season will start? Do you guys think this season is a wash? Mm, it's not looking good. And if they do have one, um, I don't see them like opening the stadiums. I don't see us yeah. going to games. Um, I really don't. Just from hearing everything that's happening in the world out there with this virus, like every day something new comes out where it's like, man, and I just really don't see them. I don't even see how they would allow fans in the game. Yeah, I know for me, for instance, I'm going to be a little more hesitant from now on, too, going because you think about you're at a game and, and you're and the way you hear how people get this virus. It's so simple where it's like, man, you're sitting next to somebody. Someone's in front of you. Someone's behind you. Someone's to your left. Someone's to your right. Um, people bumping into each other like that's how it spreads. So people are going to be a lot more hesitant to kind of want to go. And I'm a baseball fan. I always want to go. But we're all going to be a little more cautious about how we do things and how we handle things. So. With that being said, and this is just me, can you imagine how major league baseball is going to handle this? Like they have to, they have to take every precautionary measure ever. So I just really, if it does happen, I see them um, really having no fans in the crowd and maybe playing the season some some way, some other way. But it's just, it's not looking great for us to have a like even a hundred game season at this point. You know, yeah. I don't know what, to do, but who knows? I can't really speak on it. I don't know much. I just I know as much as everybody else. Right. There's not a whole lot of information going on out there that's, you know, for sure, but you know, there was a report saying that they were they were thinking about extending the season into like November, December and using neutral sites for all that stuff. And if they do that, then yeah, I could think see them getting a good size like a 100 game season in. If they are just planning to play the regular schedule what they're do, you know, where the postseason happens and and um like, you know, September, World Series in October, then, yeah, it's going to be, you know, 81 games. Um, and I'm with you as far as the stadium and fans consideration. Like, I don't think <laughs> they are really going to um, – that's not going to be their first priority. And they already said that's not going to be their first, pri- first priority as far as getting fans in the building. Their first priority is to play games. Um, you know, and I'm cool with that. You know, you'll be hesitant. I, I, I might be. I mean, I don't know. When the time comes – my whole thing is like, hey, man, I can get sick from dude down the street just as easy as I can at the baseball game. So, I, you know, I'm more likely to just roll the dice and go. Yeah, I'd probably be more aware of my surroundings. Like, if there's an option of me sitting in an area where there's not a ton of people, then, yeah, I'll probably do that. But as far as just kind of avoiding the stadium altogether, I don't. I mean, that's my personal thing. I don't, I, I, I don't think I will. Um but yeah, the state. I, I just think there's going to be some kind of baseball, whether it's a, an abbreviated season like 81 games, if it's going to be some kind of like super tournament, like World Cup style, where you have pool play, and then from the pool play you have some kind of playoffs. Like I can see them doing that. Um, again, this is all thoughts, nothing out there for real. But you know, what is real is that the TV broadcast partners do want games, and and the league does want that TV money. So. I'm sure if there's a way to work it, they're going to find a way to work it, even if it is only 81 games or only if it is 100 games. I, you know, I have confidence in that. I just don't. I just. I just think baseball this season, as we are used to, isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. But there's going to be some. No. I think. I, I do think there's going to be some kind of games. 
uh, and some way to to do it. And that kind of leads into, again, another question we had about um, another report that was out there. And, uh, and this question was, do you see the Arizona slash Florida plan working out? And for people that aren't aware of that plan, um, again, this is just an idea. MLB has not come out and said anything about what they're going to do. Everyone is kind of just throwing ideas out there and, and nothing is for sure. But this plan would be um, you take the regular grapefruit and, and cactus league teams like you do in spring training. And now you kind of, in a way, make that the AL and NL for this year. So you kind of scrap the AL NL and you just go strictly grapefruit and um, cactus league. And then you play your games there. And then you, you work out maybe like a neutral place for like a championship game between the two sites so you know people were kind of seeing uh there are a couple of people out there that would put the divisions how they would be if that plan worked um i mean so you have like the angels playing the dodgers and the the, the white Sox, and i'm just trying to think off the top of my head but you had some heavy hitters in that um uh, you know, league, if you will, but that plan, I, I, I like that plan. That plan is not bad. And especially if you're planning to play a, a, a games without fans, you don't need huge ballparks. You just need, honestly, the spring training facilities are perfect because every team has one. Every team has, is, has a locker room. Every team has, um, you know, places to stay when they're out there. Cause they're so used to it. The one where they have everyone and Arizona was complete. I, I didn't think that was going to happen for a second. No, the, the the Florida Arizona thing makes so much sense. You just you nailed it on the head. It's their facilities. It's where they send people for rehab starts. It's it's where they keep people for extended spring training. All their a lot of their offices are there. They know where to book. They, they you know everything's within range of each other. In Arizona, the furthest park is like forty five minutes away. So you know it just makes sense that way. Same thing for Florida; they're all right there. And I know in Florida they have to travel a little more; it's more s- spread out. Yeah. But they're there; all their facilities are there, so it makes sense to to do it that way. I don't hate it if it if it's a way to get baseball on my TV and I get to see the Angels. Sure, it's going to be different, and it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird at the same time, but that would be nice. But I'm with you. I think we're going to get some kind of baseball, but just do not expect it to be. What we we're expect we expect every year it's going to be different and but I, hey as long as we get to watch it and we get we get what we love I think anybody's up for whatever they can think of and if it's no fans in the crowd hey you know these guys played high school ball college some of them played college ball some of them played minor leagues where there's nobody in the stands anyway so for them I think it is a difference for guys who've been in the league longer but at the same time it takes them back to where you know we this is a kids game we played little league when maybe just our moms and dads were out there you know so. It's not like you need the fans in the crowd, you know, and I think I'm with everyone else where, hey, there's no fans in the crowd and they're on my TV and I get to watch Angels play every day. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah. for whatever they can plan. Yeah, and then like you said, a lot of those stadiums are already used to the spring training schedule, so they already have places to put cameras and maybe they could find, you know, another two or three places. I know the camera space is very limited in spring training. and You can tell when you watch a broadcast, there's maybe like four cameras there. Maybe there's a place where you can – find another two or three cameras, especially because if there's no fans, you can put them in the middle of the stands and, and use that as kind of a camera post and get different angles like that. So, um, you know, if, if you were to tell me this Florida Arizona plan was the plan they're going to go with, I, I think that'd make a lot of sense. And it'd be fun too. Cause you would see games, you see teams, they just play teams that you normally don't see them play a whole bunch. Like, especially NL teams, the Cincinnati Reds are in, in, are in Arizona. Obviously the Dodgers are in Arizona. Um, 
the Diamondbacks are in Arizona, the Giants are in Arizona. So you would see those matchups a lot more than you would normally. And I think that for fans would be really cool because, you know, instead of, instead of playing the Dodgers four times a year, maybe now you're playing them six or seven times and you're just a little more sample size um, to see that kind of a rivalry build. Yeah. So are these teams that you're not – the Cubs, the Giants, you know, these teams that we you – know, what, every three, four years we yeah. get to play these yeah. these teams, you know. The Dodgers play them every year, and sure, it's only six games, but, you know, hey, this time it's going to be nine games. It might be ten games, you know. Um, again, man, like it, – it's not if, – if they do do that, it's one season only. It'll be fun. We get baseball and we get to see it get, see it played out differently, man. And, yeah. dude, again, if it's on my TV and it's happening <laughs> right now, I'm all for it, dude. Like, I wanted to – honestly, I don't know if you heard about this, but that Taiwanese league that's playing with no fans, they have – Oh, the they face. have the, the dummies. I want to look this, this league up because I want to watch some real baseball. I don't, I'm tired of watching – old games now like this is happening right now i want to watch it i don't know who's playing but it's baseball you know so same thing hey there's no fans in the crowd you want to put cardboard cutouts i'll send mine in you guys put my cardboard cutout out there and i'm good dude (laughs) so i'm I'm all for whatever they can plan out exactly so that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode but before we go i want to encourage everyone out there to subscribe rate review um especially everyone that has an apple uh device um, please write a review, help us spread the word of this podcast. So if you guys listen to the podcast that we posted on Monday, it was very, uh, not very, it was all gaming and talking to a handful of guys that were, um, came on the podcast. So with that in mind, you know, I know we're kind of hoping for to do a giveaway for opening day and then that got delayed. And then we're just kind of like, well, I don't know what we're going to do for the giveaways. Seeing that I'm not sure when the opening day is going to be. So I, I kind of thought of it myself, and so we're going to do a giveaway here. So um, this is the rules. And so for you guys that are on Instagram Live, I'm going to cut you out. I'm going to stop the broadcast for you guys. You're going to have to listen to the All Angels podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio to figure out what this giveaway is and how to enter. So I'm going to end the video now and done. So here we go. And if you heard, you know, uh, Ty Buttry has been great with us for the past uh, you know, uh, handful you know. of weeks. And the fact that he met up with me at spring training, I was able to get a couple photos signed by him. So that's going to be the giveaway. A signed Ty Buttry um, signed picture. Obviously, he's doing his thing right now with MLB The Show, Players League, and he's trying his, his best. And he's, he's grinding. Record's not great, but he's grinding. So in that interview from last week, and if you haven't listened to it, I suggest go back and listen to it. They're all archived. My question for the fans out there, uh, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. What game does Ty play most often on his phone? He mentions it real quick in the, in the interview. Email us your name, one entry per email, um, what's going to happen uh, probably before the beginning of next week's podcast we will do a drawing of the names strictly random, kind of like what we did with the Stan Sox, and we will send that picture out. So again, go back to last week's all as titled the all gaming podcast. Listen to Ty Buttry's interview I did with him and tell me what game does he play on his phone most often. So obviously it's not going to be MLB the show. Obviously it's not going to be call of duty. So email us at all angels podcast at gmail.com. 
uh, subject. You can put subject. You'd be giveaway, and we will draw names or do a random computer thing and announce the winner next week on the podcast. Does that sound good, John? Sounds good to me, man. Get these people some memorabilia so that you can join our memorabilia challenge on go. Instagram and on Twitter. Hashtag Angels Memorabilia Challenge. That's a good little piece of memorabilia right there that you can add to your collection or even post it. Hashtag Angels Angels Baseball Memorabilia on your Twitter or Instagram and sharing the experience with everybody else who's joined in. I know that there's quite a few people who've actually been posting their memorabilia every day. And we'll be talking to them as this quarantine goes a little bit more and more. Yeah, man. It's it's good. It's it's not like the greatest thing in the world, but it's a nice distraction to go through your stuff and to look through your things. If you're an Angels fan, I'm sure you have something that means something to you. It could be a bobblehead you got at the game. It could be a shirt that you caught from the cannon. Whatever, man. A picture that you took on photo day. Right. These kind of things are memorabilia to people and, and, and mean special something. So to see people post things and, and, and then there's a story behind a lot of these things, man. It's an amazing feeling because I know I have a story behind everything I post. And, you know, it's just really fun to see other people's memorabilia. So. This is a great little giveaway that we're doing that you guys from a major league baseball player who's a who's a vital part of that Angels back end of that Angels bullpen. It's a good signature to have on your wall, framed and hanging on your wall. So yeah, man. You can add that to the Angels memorabilia collection if you if you win. So there you go. Oh, and, good and, idea. And then Apple users to kind of swing the pot a little bit. If you write a review on our on the All Angels podcast, I will give you an extra entry into the uh, drawing, so you'll have one for the right answer, and you'll have one for the um, for the review. Just Photoshop, or not Photoshop, but screenshot your review. Send it again in the email, and that will give you two entries into the raffle. So again, um, I, I know Spotify users, you can't write reviews. I don't know why Spotify doesn't allow you to do it, but Apple users, um, that will be your extra advantage into doing uh, this giveaway. So again, that's all angels podcast and gmail.com. We will have a winner this time next week for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. I can't wait to see who participates and it's a good way, a good way for you guys to listen to our podcast or at right. least, you know, skip forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> we just want, hey, the, we just want the downloads. We want the downloads. That's what, that's yeah, what counts. Download, download it. There you go. It's all yeah. Awesome. So for Daniel Garcia, I'm Johnny Maggs. And we'll talk to you next time on the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.